Dionisio at the plate. He's over to today. Swakowski, the big right hander, lets it go. It's right down Broadway. Dionisio lets it fly, and it's oh, it's raining now. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Rain Delay Theater. Uh, I'm Jeremy Dionisio. And I'm Jack Swakowski. And um, we're coming to you uh, on the heels of another classic White Sox game. Uh, we were at the uh, Wednesday, uh, July 11th, uh, 2018 game uh, between the St. Louis Cardinals and the Chicago White Sox. Yeah, you know, when we first talked about going to this game, uh, Jeremy, who's been a lifelong Cubs fan... Uh, said, geez, talk about two teams I fucking hate. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like a uh, Chicago Cubs torture uh, chamber, basically, like Cubs and White Sox. Well, we so we the schedule was kind of has kind of been working against us the past couple of weeks. We've been meaning to get out to a Cubs game, but a the Cubs played most of their games over the last homestand during the day. I think they had like one night game, and also Cubs tickets have been ridiculously expensive this year. I was looking at single tickets for standing room only for like. Like uh, the most recent series, it was like forty-seven bucks for a standing room ticket. Yeah, yeah, we are in the um, the dog days of summer, and um, yeah, that also means that pr- ticket prices are going up. Um, we will get to another Cubs game because I we I feel like we need the you know we we're kind of a sham without like with only one Cubs game under our belt. But uh, yeah, you know uh, the, the schedule was a huge issue. Like. Um, we were we almost didn't make we weren't almost able to get to this game mm-hmm. so um yeah so we were able to make it work um and uh, you know and like I said I think I, t- I said it at the end of the last episode it's like uh you know we could essentially just keep going to White Sox games because something always happens and something happened tonight too and we'll uh, or that night rather but yeah. we'll get to that in a little while yeah. um so speaking of ticket prices uh, the ticket prices for this White Sox game were actually pretty high thanks yeah. to Cardinals Nation. Yeah, relatively speaking, yeah. So it was, you know, it, we, we are, we're in July, the weather's nice. Um, it was Dollar Dog Night. Mm-hmm. It was also Greek Heritage Night mm-hmm. at uh, the Guaranteed Rate Field. Mm-hmm. And I do think that that Dollar Dog Night kind of bumps up sales a little bit. For sure. Um, so, so in the last two games we've been to have been Dollar Dog Night. But yeah, normally we're, we're, we're paying 4 or $5 for a ticket. And this time we had to pay seven friggin' dollars. Yeah, plus fees. So plus it ended fees. up being $12 a, a piece, which yeah. is outrageous for a Sox game. Yeah, it's a little crazy guys but um uh you know we took one for the team once again um and uh we were at the game so um yeah there's a there's um yeah there's there's some things to get to but yes cardinal nation cardinal nation um if for people who follow the instagram uh at rain delay pod the only thing i really posted from the game because uh it was a little bit of a busy game uh was a, a sweep of the crowd as uh people were filing in and it was pretty much a sea of red it was. Uh, there were the announced crowd for that game was twenty six thousand three hundred nineteen. I would say at least thirteen thousand plus, if not more than thirteen, were yeah. Cardinals fans. Well, yeah, because that's paid, right? Yeah. So like you, you minus all the people that showed up, um, or that didn't show up, and then you, yeah, then you bounce it out, and like, yeah, I would say like. It seemed like 60% at least were Cardinals fans. Yes. Uh, So it was a sea of red, and and we actually ran into an old friend of ours who happens to be a Cardinals fan. Yeah. Uh, So we... Okay, so to back it up a little bit, uh, Jeremy and I usually try to sit sort of between the catcher and the first baseman, uh, but those seats were simply unavailable for for this game. Yeah. Uh, We buy upper deck tickets, but we move down. Yeah, it was was a hot hot zone, basically. It was. So we kept kept getting moved around. Yeah. in our seats, and so 
eventually we ended up uh, further and further back uh, until we, we were we weren't quite at the foul pole, but we were pretty much in line with where the right fielder stood most of the game. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We were getting further down that that corner there. Yeah. And so we uh, we happened to run into an old friend of ours uh, uh, named Paul. Yeah. Um, uh, Paul Turner. Yeah. Uh, local uh, Chicago actor. Um, uh, and uh, yeah, a devout Cardinals fan. Yes. What was it he yelled to you, Jeremy? I couldn't I couldn't quite hear him. Well, here's the thing. <laughs> I probably should have got clarity on this because. I just heard a yell. Uh-huh. I thought I heard. I thought I heard someone yell. Right field sucks. He, he said something sucks. sucks. Yeah. Probably it was. It was trying to uh, 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 sort of rag on you a little bit about something. Yeah, probably. Um, and uh, I turned and looked, and I saw him, and it was just yeah, it was, was mind blowing because like. Obviously, of all the people in the stadium, like to find someone a row in front of you, he was a row and like five seats down from us. Yeah, also not in his own seats. Right, exactly. Yeah, they were also getting shuffled around. Yeah, so so as fate had it, we all ended up like within a row apart of each other. So. Yeah. Now, uh, so Paul is a, he's a great baseball fan, uh, and he was sort of one of the facilitators of uh, Jeremy and I's friendship. Yeah. Um, he he um, he uh, he was part of our origin story. <laughs> yeah. I don't think we've ever really talked about that on, really. on this podcast, but. So so Jeremy and I met uh, doing a show at the Annoyance Theater called Fuck You, I Love You by the Rahm Emanuel story. Uh, I was in the cast, uh, and Jeremy was uh, doing lights and sound for it, if I remember right. I, I was the assistant director. You, you were the assistant director. I, you know, you were basically doing everything uh, at that me, point. They brought me in to save that show. <laughs> yeah, they did. Because, yeah, I can't remember what the hell happened. But yeah, it was no, some... no, it was a... The, yeah, there were was, there was some issues uh-huh. um, with... Uh, not with anyone present. Uh, right, right, um, right, right. Oh, you know, yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. And so they they needed they did need major help technically wise. Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. I did I did help out with a bunch of that stuff. Yeah. Um. And so that was kind of how Jeremy and I and, and Paul all got to know each other. We would uh, that show ran for a year. So yeah. after the show, we would sort of uh, just uh, drink beers in the uh, the theater lobby, and yeah. uh, we would talk baseball. Yeah, it's interesting. You know, a little look, glance into the theater scene or whatever, like. Yeah, surprise, surprise, there's not too many sports fans in the theater scene. So, mm-hmm. like, yeah, it just so happened that we had three, like, um, ra- rabid uh, baseball fans, like, on, in, on one, like, uh, crew cast, you know, so that was pretty interesting. Yeah, now we've known Paul, uh, just, you know, we've stayed uh, friends with him throughout the years. Um, he helped us out on a pilot that we wrote uh, uh, last year, which is also something I don't think we've mentioned on the podcast. No. But we wrote a uh, baseball-centric uh, pilot, um, and Paul, Paul played the bad guy in it, uh, and yeah. he did a great job. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he's um, a, a, a misanthropic uh, sports uh, memorabilia collector, basically. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, so we, uh, you know, we I, actually I had not seen Paul since we shot that, which was over a year ago. I think that was May of 2017 that yeah. we shot those scenes with him. Yeah. So I hadn't seen him in a long time. I don't think you had seen a lot of him either, Jeremy. Yeah. No. Not. Probably not much uh, more sooner than that, yeah. Yeah, so it was really good to see him and run into him uh, and just kind of talk baseball with him. Yeah, uh, and, and uh, yeah, so you know, you might be wondering why are these guys talking about this guy so much? But we're we're our, we have full plans to get him on as a future guest, so you'll you'll get to meet the man in person. Yeah, and yeah, he's a uh, he, voice. Yeah, or, or the voice. Yeah, but yeah. he's a he's a funny dude. Um, yeah. and so you know, we just we kind of sat there for the first couple innings with him, uh, talked baseball. He, uh, he, you know, Paul, Paul was big on their stuff starting rotation but he's you know kind of down on a lot of their position players yep um uh, but it was actually cool to sort of get more informed about some of the cardinal players i knew less about um he was telling me a ton about uh martinez uh yeah, jose martinez yeah about yeah. jose martinez um 
for sure. Who's uh, apparently a, a, a learned lady who was in the White Sox organization too. I really? Because yeah, yeah. Paul said they got him from the Royals. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. I think he was with them too. But okay. uh, yeah, he okay. bounced around a little bit. For sure. Um, yeah, and uh, you know, it, it was so it was interesting to talk to him about about that stuff. Uh, uh, but Jeremy also was gone for a lot of the first inning too, getting his. Uh, well, we this is before we had run into Paul, I think. Yeah, but. it was. It was. There, uh-huh. there were two uh, hot dog uh, expeditions uh, this time around. Uh, so yeah, the first time. Uh, I got up to get some dogs, some dollar dogs, and uh, that's when Jack was was relocated, yes. forced to relocate. Mm-hmm. And then the second time uh, I got up, uh, Paul had gotten up too. We should make a note of that. So Paul was there with his son, yes, and there were two other friends mm-hmm. that were White Sox fans. And they all had gotten up. Everybody got up but me. Yeah, and they were they were sitting like piggyback, like two two by two, like two in front, two behind. Then um, so the, those two, and then there was a seat, uh, a, a buffer seat. Then Jack was sitting, and then there was a buffer seat between us, mm-hmm. and then I was sitting. So we all get up. Um, uh, Jack is left alone, and that's when it happens. Yeah. See. Uh, so. So. What? What? Uh, really? Really? I blame these goddamn dollar hot dogs for this because <laughs> the lines were super long, and everybody yeah. was gone for longer than they should have been. Yeah. So true. I was sitting there, um, and this was, I think, must have been the top of the sixth or the bottom of the fifth inning, maybe. Um, it was a, so we. I was sitting there, and all of a sudden, uh, somebody sits down next to me, and I hear, "Hey, you mind if I keep score with you?" <laughs> and I had so I had, I turn around, and it's this guy wearing this Oakland A's hat and uh, Oakland A's lanyard. <laughs> um, I don't know what was up with that. Right, and uh, what else? Keep going. Uh, yeah, what was the uh, uh, who was it? The Munoz shirt. What he was, was wearing a a Gyro Munoz Cardinals T shirt. Yeah, jersey. Jersey. It was a jersey. So he's wearing an. He's. This is interesting because actually, I, Jack, I showed up at your house wearing a a. a Devil Rays hat and a and a <laughs> Indian centric T shirt uh-huh. and uh, I've I feel like and and I'm doing this because I'm not I'm just coming over to your house I'm not leaving the house and doing anything yeah uh, but this is a thing with etiquette um, like wearing conflicting hat and shirt combos like, yeah I, I I once went out to to dinner with a friend of mine and I was wearing an Expos hat and a Cubs shirt and uh-huh. he was like what are you doing you're wearing an Expos hat and a Cubs shirt like. That in and of itself is a ridiculous uh, notion to do. To yeah, try to pull well, off. here's the thing, Jeremy. At least an Expos hat and a Cubs shirt uh, match in colors. Uh, yeah, you're true, wearing true. you're wearing an A's uh, an A's hat with a, a Cardinals jersey. Yeah, um, I mean that, that's not exactly. Uh, it doesn't exactly look very good. No, you got like a Santa. Like you got like a Christmas thing going on, but then you throw in the or the yellow bill, and it's, it's all bets are off. Yeah, yeah. So this, believe me, all bets are off with this guy. They, oh, they were so. Um, and the thing is, I had seen this guy earlier in the game in like a section to our left, so mm-hmm. he was probably getting moved around too. Um, so he wanted to sit next to me and score the game with me because he had a scorecard too, and he saw that I was sitting alone and scoring the game. Now, mm-hmm. something that's messed with me for the past couple of days yep. is wondering just how long this guy <laughs> saw me and observed me before he decided to come up to me and ask me this. Yeah, this sounds like a uh, like a ninety early '90s Sharon Stone uh, sec- like a sexy thriller like plotline or something. Like, <laughs> yeah, he yeah. had been observing you for <laughs> the first five innings. Yeah, so and five- then waited until everyone left for him to swoop in <laughs> yeah and so what you know, 
So oh event- eventually, uh, you know, we're jumping ahead a little bit, but Paul and Paul and Jeremy and company came back, and yeah. then I, Jeremy showed me Paul's texts. Paul was asking like, "Who the fuck is this guy?" Oh and yeah. Jeremy said, "said Blame Jackie didn't shoo him away quick enough." But let me tell you what happened. <laughs> okay. When okay. so I so he sits down next to me, right next to me, no buffer seat. We mentioned we all had buffer seats. Yes. As, you know, Jack, you and I have known each other for going on seven, eight, six, seven, eight years yeah. at this point. Yeah. We left a buffer seat. We did. We left a buffer seat. We leave buffer seats at movies. We yeah. just we always leave a buffer seat. You know, you can stretch out uh, and whatever. Yeah. It's uh, you know, it's more comfortable. But this guy who I didn't know, who was a complete stranger, sat uh, right down next to me oh, when yeah. there were when there, well, also when there was nobody uh, around any of the other seats. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so he sits down next to me and he goes, "You mind if I keep score with you?" And I I said to him, "These were my exact words." Well, we've got a couple of guys sitting here, so. You know, I didn't tell yeah. him no, but like, right. which I, I mean, I couldn't. What was I going to say? Or, you know, he, what was I going to do? Move, move over and just ignore him? Yeah. I, didn't, I didn't know. I didn't know what the hell was going on. Yeah. Um, yeah and true. also this guy sat on my right side. I can't remember if I, I don't think I've mentioned this on the podcast before, but I can't, I can't hear I, out of my right ear. Yeah, it came up briefly in the Brewers episode, okay. but, but we can get into it again. Sure. Now. Yeah. So I, I have a really tough time um, hearing anybody uh, in, in my, on, on my right side, even when they're talking pretty loud which this guy certainly was yes. so I, I think that initially first of all I didn't tell him no I told I, I implied that the answer was no <laughs> and he didn't get it yes, um, yes. and so then he started uh, talking to me about a lot of baseball related stuff he asked me who I'm a fan of uh, and you know I, I told him uh, you know I'm, I'm a Brewers fan I'm just kind of a fan of the game and he told me he was on a baseball road trip uh, and I oh, think, really? yeah, and so I think that he said he had just been to Milwaukee and seen some of those Braves uh, Brewers games, and so he, he implied that he'd been to a lot of spring training games, and uh, he was. So we've been calling this guy the informed interloper, yeah, because he was a very informed baseball fan, yes, but he just he was being very invasive and he just didn't <laughs> pick up on any type of social cues. No, so I no. think so because I couldn't really hear what he was saying, and I was sort of replying to his comments with more than a few words uh, when I was answering him initially, uh, I think he took that as I was cool with sitting down with him. Now, here's where I really fucked myself, Jeremy. So because I couldn't hear, this was still where you were gone, because I I couldn't hear uh, what he was saying, he made some, like, gesture saying that he was going to, like, go. Right. To to which I thought he meant that he was just going to sit by by me for an inning and talk to, you know, fellow baseball fan. And then, you know, go somewhere else, explore the stadium more. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so uh, when he stood up to leave, I stood up with him and I shook his hand and said, <laughs> all right, man, well, you know, my name's Jack. It was nice to meet you. Oh, boy. Um, wow. When in reality, now in retrospect, yeah. I now know that he had just told me that he was going up to get a hot dog between innings. Right. Which can I and now can I step in here? Yeah. And I'll pick it up from when I get back because, like, yeah. kind of like like slap like like a slapstick comedy. I guess he exited stage right, and I came in stage left. Yes. with my hot dog. Yes, and I sit down next to you with my hot dog, and um, Jack quickly fills me in on what just happened, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Oh God!" Like you know, that's ridiculous. Um, and we're kind of like, yeah, that's funny. That and Jack said, like, you know, this that'll be funny for the podcast, you know. Mm. Um, and you know, I don't know. Let's let's measure it in like in hot dog eating terms. I'd say I got about two bites in. Yeah. And then this dude comes in. This guy comes in, and I hear him. He's saying like, he's mid sentence, and he's like, yeah, yeah. They told me it'd be another twenty minutes, so I'm just coming back here. Yeah. Or he didn't say that. He he no. He's just like, yeah, yeah. They told me it'd be another twenty minutes, uh-huh. as if. 
the the conversation had ended. Hey man, I'm gonna go get a hot dog and or whatever. And then Jack said, "All right, man, I'll be right here. Let me know how it goes." Yep. And he comes in as if they're like old friends. Yeah. And he's like updating him on what's going on. And so I'm like, "Whoa, what's going on here?" Like, yeah. and so and so part of me is like, "All right, this is gonna be weird." Um, and uh, and our friends are still up. Like yep. they're coming back. And, uh, you know, so I'm thinking about that. But then I'm also thinking, like, well, this is good for the podcast. So let's yeah. just write it out, I suppose. Although I, I have to say that I did not make a strong effort to also in- interject myself into your duo conversation. No, it was uh, – I, I would almost say it was with no effort at all. I, this guy almost – for me, it, it almost seemed like this guy was Bruce Willis from The Sixth Sense where, like, only I could see him because yeah. nobody else was interacting with him and he wasn't interacting with anybody else but me. Right, yeah. Um, so it was particularly tough for me. Uh, Jeremy says that this all happened in the, what, top of the – the bottom of the bottom, sixth Bottom eight? of the sixth. Bottom oh, of the sixth. Oh, God. It felt like – I sat through a doubleheader as right, soon as so that guy showed up. We were discussing <laughs> – right, the doubleheader with with just with him um uh yeah we were discussing this beforehand we were just running over like what we're going to talk about and jack said yeah this happened pretty early on in the game i'm like actually no it happened in the bottom of the sixth because my angle was like i feel like you know we were it might have been a little bit of a struggle to to make it through this episode with what happened on the field but this Mm -hmm. saved everything and like so that yes those last three innings probably seemed like a whole game well i'll say this because when the game ended and it was like 246, I thought it was like three – I thought it was like a four – three and a half, four-hour game. It felt I, long. It, yeah. did not def, it did not feel like a sub-three-hour game. No, those last two jams the White Sox got in where the Cardinals like loaded the bases both times uh, made the game feel a lot longer than it was, I think. And the informed interloper. Yes, and the informed interloper. So I was yeah. actually – you alluded to this, Jeremy, but I was uh, – it was kind of a high-stress moment uh, when he came back, but Paul and his son and friends had yet to. Right. Um, because – I I knew this guy wasn't going to leave. Right, so yeah. and they, they he was sitting in Paul's seat. Yeah. Um, and then uh, you know his son wouldn't have been able to sit there or whatever. And so like <laughs> we would have had to kick this guy out. And so you know so Paul ended up sitting in the row behind us yeah. or whatever. Initially, uh, what happened was his son came back first and sat down in his seat. Yep. Yep. And uh, yeah. Okay. So. Um, and then Paul ended up sitting in the row behind, and yeah. then shortly after, his son joined him in the row behind, yeah. leaving the three of us in our original row. Um, so what happened was, um, I believe, when, Kate, when 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 Paul's son came back, I did lean over and I said, "Hey, we got a couple guys coming. Let's all let's move down." Yep, yep. And I moved, and I moved, and you moved. And he stayed right no, where he, he was. Right there. Yeah, he so did not move. What I tried to do, Jeremy, and I promise I wasn't trying to dump him off on you, yeah. was I had said to him too at one point because he was sitting in Paul's seat, and I just wanted Paul and his son to be able to sat, sit where they were sitting. For sure. I yeah. said maybe you could move to the other side of us because right. those seats oh, right. were open. Right. Right. Um, and he just that didn't even register with him. He heard he heard me, but it was like the lights were on, but nobody was home right, at that right. moment. Yeah. yeah um, and he like, just ignored it. Yeah. And he continued to sit there. Mm-hmm. And so I, you know, the this is the biggest. Uh, indicator to me that he really lacked social skills because mm-hmm. I had told him that people were coming back and then you came back and so mm-hmm. I, I mostly was interacting with you but then like our other friends came back too who we were clearly with yeah. and he still didn't pick up on it that like maybe he should kind of leave now right yeah like, like it, he was literally in the middle he was like a driving wedge between us and our friends yes yeah <laughs> yeah uh so he so we he, we were saying he was informed and I mean he really he really was uh yeah. so at one point 
uh, Matt Mayers for the uh, uh, St. Louis Cardinals came in the game. Now this guy had one of those scorecards you could buy that's kind of like a spiral notebook where right, it doesn't right, have right. it doesn't have rosters in it or anything like that. Right. And so before before uh, Mayers' name came on the scoreboard or uh, or, or anything like that. Um, he just went, oh, is that Mayers? Yes, right. You yeah. know, and Jeremy turned to me, and uh, you know, he, I don't think Jeremy really heard what he said, but Jeremy turned to me and he said, I've never even heard of Mayers. Right. Like, yeah. uh, so, like, if Jeremy hasn't heard of Mayers, <laughs> but this guy has, yeah, we've mentioned like, you don't know how deep this goes, like how deep baseball nerddom mm-hmm. goes. Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, you, you, most people don't have a grasp on it, but this guy was like another level of yep, for sure of nerd. Yeah. No, I know. Yeah, like you know, you can make fun of us all you want, but yeah. there, it, we, this came up in the uh, Beloit Snappers yes, game. So, yeah. yeah, it goes much deeper. Yes. Yeah. So there, <laughs> there was one point where there was a slow. Uh, the White Sox were on. Uh, uh, well, the Cardinals were batting. The White Sox were on defense yeah. and uh, uh, in the field, and uh, a, a slow roller was hit to uh, Yolmer Sanchez um, mm-hmm. uh, off the bat of a speedy player. I can't remember who it was. Yeah. But. Um, but he uh, so this guy goes he gets real excited and he goes oh tough play <laughs> and uh, and so he so so you know like we said he was informed yeah. it was a tough play like if you're watching <laughs> yeah, baseball was. and you know it was and yeah. Sanchez Sanchez made it but yeah. if you're getting that excited uh, you know over a over a slow roller at a yeah. White Sox game in <laughs> July yes. by yourself and yeah. you're yelling stuff and you're not a Sox fan no I mean you know yeah. apparently it's it's okay for Hawk Harrelson to be that way, sure, but yeah. I, you know, I don't, I don't know if for anybody else. Yeah, uh, no, it was, uh, it was peculiar. For yeah, sure. I have, a, I have like a uh, parallel like story of uh-huh. sorts. Um, when when I was a freshman in high school, we did this thing uh, with my high school called the Walk to Wrigley. Yeah, and we would walk. Our school was like seven, eight miles away, and like as a school, we walked to Wrigley, and then we went to the game. That's cool. Yeah, it was very cool, and I was like. I was, it was 1995, I believe. Um, so uh, I was like, I was still a fan, but I think I was starting to get to the point where I was like, kind of just a casual fan or whatever. Um, but I wanted to kind of like throw it. Out. I went to an all boys school, so I was there was always this like, uh, this uh, feat of like trying to you know like, like show that I knew stuff like that was dude centric or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I was we were at the game and like I believe it was like Brian McRae possibly yeah. like slid into second base and he did like a hard slide mm-hmm. and I stood up and I yelled. All right, good hard slide in a second. Good hard slide yeah. or something. And like one guy who ended up becoming friends with me was like two rows ahead of me, and he was like a slow, like solely turned around and gave me this look, like why are you, why are you clapping for that? Yeah, and yeah. it was like a similar thing. And like I know, like all bullshit aside, like I was trying to like throw down like that I like knew something. Yes. So like you know, it's a similar situation. I wonder, but I don't think this guy was necessarily trying to. Imp- I think maybe he would maybe try to impress someone for. The sake of like having friends or something, but right. I also think that he was le- he would legitimately get excited about that kind of play. Yeah, so. and so after Sanchez made that play, he he went to me. He goes, he reminds me of a Salarte. Oh yes, and yes, I did. You hear heard that. that? And yeah. I wanted to go full Allen Iverson on him. I wanted to be like <laughs> Salarte. Yeah, we're sitting here talking about <laughs> Salarte. <laughs> Yeah. Well, oh yes. Okay. A lot of things to unpack with that. No, one is like what what does Solarte remind you of? Who's so like 
I know who Suarte is, but w- he conjures no thoughts in me whatsoever. No. Except that he plays third base. Yeah, he, he reminds you of an average major league third base. Yeah, like, okay. yeah. It's like, that's like saying, like, uh, this apple reminds me of this apple. <laughs> like, what, what, what are we comparing here? What are, on, what are you, what's your list of, of, of attributes of Solarte that you saw in this play that made you think of him? I, I, yeah, I, it, it boggles the mind. Yeah. Um, there was another point uh, where he uh, he made me he, I, so I was missing plays because this guy kept talking to me and I had to keep yeah. turning around to like, uh, like you know yeah, address him. For sure. And he, uh, he he goes to me. Uh, Rodon was throwing and he goes he throws like Keiko and oh, like I, I had turned around to hear him and then I missed the fucking error that Moncada made. Yeah. Yeah. Right, because um, yeah, because we're down the first baseline, so yeah. turning to your right would take you away from the action. Yeah, the field. yeah. So he um, he was definitely I don't, like like we said. I don't know if he was trying to impress with that baseball right. knowledge, yeah. or if he just wanted to get it out there into the universe. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. And so <laughs> he so all right. So Jeremy and I had seen uh, Jordan Hicks earlier in the year um, for yeah. a while, uh, we saw him in, at the at a Cubs Cardinals game we went to that we didn't do a podcast about right. but uh, so you know Jordan Hicks uh, hardest throwing guy in the game right now only about yep. 21 years old uh, for a while his, the pitch he'd thrown in the game we saw was the fastest pitch uh uh, of, of the season, season. yeah, exactly. Um, he, I think he's since thrown 105, which I don't think he touched in the game we went to, but he right. did touch 104 once or twice. I he, think he did. He did, and I know that for a fact. Yeah, because and, I heard it. Yeah, yes, <laughs> yeah. So what this guy was doing was every time Jordan Hicks would get over 100, he yeah. would go, "Ooh, 101." That's yeah. what happened the first time. Yeah. Let 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 me say this before before we get too deep into mm-hmm. Hicks. Um, is uh, so at this point now. Um, our friends have abandoned us, and yes. they've moved to the row behind us. Yes. So it's just the three of us yep. out there in uh, Information Island. Yeah. Um, and uh, and then at some point, he starts talking. He starts turning around and talking to the, our friends behind us. Yep. He was talking to our friend Paul's friend. Yep. And and because he was like the closest one, like over his left shoulder, so he could talk to him the easiest. And they were talking about stuff. And so, um, so now we're all like everyone's like. Like he's dragged everyone in at this point. Yep. Although I will say, my friend Paul, uh, or our friend Paul, like uh, resisted. Yeah, uh, you know, actually, he, resist. he tried to talk to Paul once, and pa- like Paul went, "What?" <laughs> yeah, he did. He did. Uh-huh. He, he gave like the the not the drop the T. What? Yeah. Uh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so before Hicks came in, uh-huh. okay. We're, we were right by the Cardinals bullpen, and, and we all saw him warming up. And, and here's the thing, like, you know, like, when there's a guy in the league who's throwing 104, 105 miles per hour, and you see him warming up in the, in the bullpen, you get kind of excited because you're like, all right, we're going to see this guy. Cool. Yeah. And, like, it was between innings. Um, Paul called, like, you know, yelled to me from the row behind us. Um, he's like, hey, you, you seen Hicks yet? And, you know, I was like, yeah, we did. We saw him at this game, blah, blah, blah. You know, like, so it's like, okay, cool. This, but this is cool. We're going to see him again. Like, um... And uh, so, yes, so then, like, you know, it could have been, like, a moment where that we shared with Paul, like, talking about Hicks, but, of course, this guy overshadowed it all, like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, like, like some sort of uh, uh, doomsday uh, device or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so he started, yes, yeah. so uh, the first pitch he threw was 100, uh-huh. 101. 101, it was 101. And he goes, like, oh, 101. Yep. Right? And then the second pitch was 100, and he goes... 100 <laughs> as if as if you call already call that 101 
Why are you calling out 100? It was lower. Like, there was no need. We're not trying to go lower. Like, call out if he goes higher. It's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. And so then what he was doing, so, so every time Hicks would reach a new uh, speed with his pitch, yes. uh, a new high speed, he would call it out. But he was also taking pictures of the portion of the scoreboard that showed pitch speed. Yes. Um... Uh, for his, I don't know if he had an Instagram or something like that. Oh, this guy's got files, baby. Yeah, 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 probably. Yeah. Um, but he was, when Jeremy and I are talking about filming a little video of what he looked like. Yeah, we're going to recreate it for you and post that on the website. But yeah. Yeah, so like, okay, so he hits 103. Yeah. And the guy's holding his phone. So we're in the right field corner. The board over there is showing the speeds, like really close to us. So he, uh,. He's got the phone. He's, he's, he's shooting landscape. He knows at least what he's doing. Um, and, like, he throws a pitch, and then we hear, oh, 103! And, like, he's holding the phone. We look back, and he's turned away from the field with his phone trained on the board, taking a picture of the scoreboard showing the numbers 103. And yeah. he's explaining, oh, 103! Yeah. And now my thing is, like, who are you going to show that to who's going to be impressed by it? Right. I mean, you can just tell, like, okay, so, you know, we're diehard baseball fans. If you showed me a picture of that, <laughs> it wouldn't add anything to your story. Of a sign like, that says one, you could just take a, you could just type 103 in Microsoft Word and take a picture of your computer screen. Yeah. <laughs> it's the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I know that Jordan Hicks pitches 103. I believe you yeah. when you say it. Exactly. Yeah. I, I can also, like, go back and watch the video, or I can yeah. look at that. There's a, there's a chart on MOB.com that shows the fastest pitches. Yeah. Yes, but he took a picture of it. Yeah. Now, and here Here's the thing about this guy is that he took something like seeing Jordan Hicks and yes. seeing him reach these speeds and he just made it completely unbearable yeah, for yeah, everybody yeah. around him and just like an unenjoyable experience. Yeah. It, I, it, so, so what could have been like me turning to Paul and, and being like, oh, cool, this guy's really lighting it up. Yeah. I turned to him and looked and he just made this face like, oh, like, like if you just like just like rolled over his hat with your car or something, like his hat yep. blew off his head and then your car rolled over it. And he just made this face like... Oh, <laughs> and like yeah he was just like he was apoplectic he was just like beside himself um, at some point yeah so like I will um, uh, share with you what I texted Paul um, so at some point I, I texted blame Jack he didn't shoo him away right away I was up getting more hot dogs but we also need material for the podcast so and then he wrote back I'm with my son and trying to be good or or I'd tell him to get fucked <laughs> <laughs> So there, that's Paul. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but yeah. So then, um, yeah. So he's calling out 103. He called out 104. That's how I know he threw 104. And he's taking pictures the whole time. Um, and yeah, it just. Uh, I mean, that's like it just carried on that way till the final out. Basically. Yeah. Um, uh, did Hicks? Uh, so Hicks pitched the. Uh, yeah, he pitched the bottom of the. So this was yeah. in the. Uh, this was in the very latter stages of the game. Yeah. Um, so at this point. I was trying to work out like what my exit plan was going to be, right? Yeah. Because this guy, I, I didn't in the back of my mind. I kind of knew that this guy wasn't going to be easy to shake. Sure. But to be honest with you, I was trying to think of because okay, so I'm, I said that I told him my name, and correct me if I'm wrong, but was he calling me Jack? Oh, I don't remember. I think he that. was. I so I think he was that. calling me by my first name. I did okay. not catch this guy's name, which no. is so much the better because we're not going to say it on the podcast. Sure. Uh, but. Um, uh, so I was trying to think because I didn't tell him my last name. 
um, I was trying to think of like what a plausible like fake last name would be, and it was one of those things where I literally could not come up with a single last name to call myself. But yeah. I, this is legitimately like something I was thinking about as the game was coming to a close. I was like, he might ask me for like my contact information. Yeah, right. And what am I going to tell him? Uh, um, Jack at Jack dot com. <laughs> yeah. Um. So after the game uh, concluded. Yes. I, uh, Jeremy and I were trying to decide what we should do if we should hang out because Paul Paul mentioned that he doesn't like to uh, ride the red line with uh, you know such a big crowd being sandwiched in there and so right. it's maybe better to wait a little while right. uh, in the stadium and you know to be honest I agree yeah um, no, it was true. a far better experience riding the red line home and we weren't packed uh, at the station yeah. and then in the train yeah uh, so Jeremy and I were trying to talk about like. Should we stay with him or should we just like get the fuck out of here because of this guy? Yeah, it was pretty much like final out. I, I honestly, I'm not sure if like the initial reaction, like it was. I don't know if it was even that the, that this like that uh, uh, calculated. It's like final out happened, and then I feel like Jack, you kind of leaned over to me and you said, "You said let's get the fuck out of here." Yes, yeah, yeah. All right, and so this is where we had a real humanistic moment here. This is where like the the our metal was tested. All right, this let's bring it down for a second. This is this is a real human moment for the podcast. Okay, Jack says you want to get the fuck out of here. In my mind, I'm thinking, well, I'd really like to hang out with Paul a little more, and like he 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 had kind of intimated that we might ride ride back on the train together. All right, so. But I totally saw Jack's point, and like, let's. This guy was turned away. He was maybe writing like the final stats in his scorecard or something. He he was a little distracted, I think. And so we just exited stage left and went down the long way out the row while he was distracted, and we we left. And I'm like, and as we're walking out, I'm like, are we gonna like catch? Are we gonna say bye to Paul or whatever? And you were like, yeah, yeah, sure, but uh, you know, I want to get the fuck out of here. So we we go around the whole, we go up the aisle back to the concourse. We were in like this, you know, maybe fourth to last row or something. So it wasn't a huge trek, but we went around on the concourse and then back down the other aisle by by closer to where Paul was, and we kind of like snuck up behind him Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and. uh, you know, we all said our goodbyes, and this guy is still... He must have been tabulating final, like, yeah, numbers or probably. something. Because he was distracted. And uh, that's where he made his mistake. He let his guard down. <laughs> um, and uh, so we said our goodbyes and everything, and uh, we shook hands and everything, and we, we took a step away. And then... Uh, and Paul was like, you guys are leaving? You don't want to ride the train back? And... Uh, and I was like, nah, I think Jack, Jack wants to get out of here or whatever. And so then we kind of did, like, a powwow, and I said, Jack, listen... I don't want to be around this guy any more than you do. Uh-huh. <laughs> All right? But I also don't want to leave and miss out on hanging out with our friend because of this guy. Right. Like, it was a real, like, fight or flight moment. Uh-huh. And, Jack, uh-huh. I felt like you felt the need to get away from this guy. Yeah. So, well, so, <laughs> but I, I, I agreed with Jeremy in principle that, uh, yes. A... Uh, I you know really wanted to see Paul as much as I could because you know who knows when we're gonna hang out again with him. Right. Um, like you uh, said, it's been over a year. It has. Uh, but and and also on the other hand, there's no reason that we should let this fucking guy who just came up to us ruin uh, what would have other ruin ruin our time. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Um. So I said, okay. Well, I'm gonna go take a piss. Right. Yeah. Um, so Jack. Yeah. So we we settled on it. Like, yeah, we're not gonna let this guy like dictate what we do. We can't. You can't let these people change your whole life. You no, know. No. It's like. At that point, I was ready to tell this guy to fuck off because, like, yeah, it's like, okay, now all fun is over. (laughs) You're not providing anything for us anymore. Like, you got to leave. So you you left to go to the bathroom. 
Um, I stuck around, um, you know, talking to the guys like, hey, we're going to stay. We're going to ride back with you. Um, this guy is still f- f- tabulating his, his numbers and everything. Um, a good mo- a good time goes by because it's like some point we're sitting there just waiting for the crowd to thin out. And uh, I'm thinking, like, what's, you know, it's taking Jack a while. Like, what's what's going on? Like, is he, so, and it occurred to me, like, is he hiding from this guy? Like, is he trying to, like, you know, like, and I'm like, you know, and like, you know, I, I get it. Like, uh, you know, you're trying to, like, avoid that, that weird exchange at the end. And the guy finally finishes his scorecard and turned around and he looked, he looked around and he was looking for you. Yeah, and he, I made eye contact with him, and he was like, he looked like kind of like a lost puppy a little bit. Yeah, yeah. And uh, he looked around, and uh, he didn't see, you. and like, I feel like he didn't leave right after that. There was still like another beat, and then he like finally like kind of walked away. He kind of le- finally left, and then from the distance, I see Jack coming through another section, like through the row, uh, the last row towards us. And he had his hat off. He was wearing. You were wearing an Expo hat. I was right? wearing an Expo hat. And uh, and uh, you had it off. Yeah. And you kind of came came around like you know like um, like Bruce Willis coming back to the the apartment in uh, Pulp Fiction. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. In most uh, in most movies and stuff, uh, people put a uh, a hat on as part of a disguise. Yeah, exactly. If you're wearing an Expo hat, uh, yeah, the hat comes off, when and that's your disguise. Yeah. When you're a baseball fan trying to hide from someone, you take the hat off. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Precisely. <laughs> and it, it, it sure as hell would have identified me if I'd kept it on. So yeah, what happened sure. was we uh, normally, if we're going to make a pit stop after we leave, uh, we'll just go right up to the bathroom. But since we had kind of lingered yeah. for a moment, the bathroom it gave the bathroom time to get a lot more crowded than yeah, it normally right. would have. So that's what took me as long as it did. And right. I was kind of hoping it would take me that long. I would have been okay with even being in there a couple minutes longer. You probably had some nutcase yelling, Ricky! Yeah. Ricky! Actually, I had an impulse to do that. I start yelling <laughs> so, did that. I. Yeah. so did I. I really wanted yeah. to. Yeah. Um, but uh, <laughs> but anyway, so uh, it took a while. And I came yeah. back. And I, I, I was like, there's no way this guy is still here as I was walking back. Right. And so I saw the fucking A's lanyard. That's yeah. what that's what okay. I spotted with the with that like horribly fitting jersey that he was wearing that yeah. that Munoz. Uh, yeah. Oh right, we kind of glossed over the Munoz thing. I had a couple things to say about the Munoz. But yeah. Let's wrap up this. Thought. Yeah. Okay. So I so that's when I yanked my hat off mm-hmm. um, because I knew if he saw the Expos hat, which is pretty uh, it's a pretty gaudy hat mm-hmm. uh, as far as hats go. It's really it's a bright white, multicolored. Yeah, multicolored, um, yeah. and it, it's hard to miss. So yeah. I knew that if he saw the Expos hat, or he, he that would be one of the things he was looking for yeah for um, sure. so that's why I took it off and uh, uh, I was lucky enough I was lucky enough that I he didn't see me um, but yeah. I do not feel yeah. like I was wrong in like thinking that he would have been hard to shake if I hadn't gone to the bathroom yeah quite possibly I mean he might have brought you with on I didn't know he was on a road trip he might have brought you with to the road on the road man yeah you know? man maybe could have missed out seeing some some stadiums yeah me him and the eager leaner we could all go on some ridiculous uh, yeah, exactly. uh, baseball road trip those would be now, this, now see those guys, honestly, if you would have paired those guys up, that that would they would have had a blast with each other. Yes, yeah, yeah. They no, they wouldn't have heard one goddamn word the other person said because they're nope. just talking out loud. Yeah, but they would have had a blast just talking at each other. Yeah, for three and a half hours. Uh, not to reference other podcasts that we've done too much, but I think it was at work or in some other social group. Uh, people started talking about car insurance one time, oh, and yeah. I want to be like, hey, I got a guy I can send. You to that'll <laughs> yeah. talk to you about that. Yeah, exactly. You should have just said like. 
Oh, you're getting you're getting raped. What did he, is that? What he yeah, said? Yeah, I think he did, man. Oh, you're, getting, you're getting raped. Yeah, just say that. Yeah, just whenever whenever someone brings up car insurance, I'm just gonna say that to them. It, um, it's always well received. What was this thing about Munoz? Okay, so this is perhaps the most ridiculous like like detail about this guy. He was wearing a a Yairo Munoz jersey. Okay, uh, I don't even know how it's pronounced. It, it's spelled Y A. I-R-O, which should be Yairo, but according to Baseball Reference, it's Gyro Munoz. Mm-hmm. And uh, and he's, like, talking about this guy. I guess he's, like, the backup catcher or something for the Cardinals. And, uh, yeah, so he, that came up at some point. Like, he, like I think maybe uh, it came up that Paul, like, when, when he was talking to everyone, that Paul and his son were Cardinals fans. And he's like, oh, yeah, you see my shirt? And then, like, maybe someone said, like, yeah, yeah, Munoz. Is that Yairo Munoz? He's like, yeah, Yairo Munoz. He's like, I followed the guy through the whole minors. He's so energetic. Like, he was like, like and he was like, he said more, like, like uh, uh, you know, uh, compliments about him. But, like, right. that was the only one I caught. But, like, yeah, he's like, he, so he's followed Yairo Munoz. So, Throughout the whole minors, where the hell did he get a Yairo Munoz jersey? I was from? wondering the same thing. I think that I haven't checked in a long time, but I know that you can. Um, there, there was a time where you could make a custom jersey, mm-hmm. and it would like autofill with player. It would like it had a database of like the current roster, mm-hmm. and you could get anyone, and it would look printed like like you would buy like a you know a, a Matt Carpenter or a Molina one, like yeah. that, like one that they have printed because that's who people want to buy. So you could get one that looks real, like that that's really made by MLB. So I'm, I, I mean, that's had that has to be where he got it. Mm-hmm. But like, you know, and like I'll, I'll get a shirt. I would order a jersey, and I would think like, oh, this is cool. Like no one else has this. But like when I see it, like in that context, like this guy's walking around with a Yairo Munoz shirt, and like it doesn't make any sense because. He said he was an Oakland fan. He said Oakland and some Houston or something. Yeah, I Oakland and someone couldn't pick out where he was from. I think he told me, but like yeah. uh, I, I don't know. Like I just I didn't hear him. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so but yeah, he seemingly wasn't even a Cardinals fan. No, because he, he, he wasn't he, a Cardinals the, fan. Yeah, the second team he said was not was definitely not Cardinals, but he had a Yairo Munoz uh, shirt jersey. Yeah, I don't know. But it's 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 absurd. But yeah, he's followed him through the whole minors. He actually has good numbers. Uh-huh. Like I was actually hoping that he was hitting like one ninety or something. But he's he actually seems to have good numbers. So like the guy is not, the guy did not he wasn't a dummy. Like no, he, he knew informed. his stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was a well informed interloper. But like, but it was just yeah, like lack of complete lack of social skill. But I mean, is, and that's that's what I'm. Uh going to kind of get to here now yeah, is yeah. Uh, just to sort of wrap up this whole thing. I mean, yeah. first of all, so Jeremy and I love baseball. We obviously love it enough that we'll go to meaningless White Sox games, and just, we love it enough to do a podcast about it. Yeah. Um, but, you know, we have other interests and hobbies outside sure. of that, too. Sure. I, I think that if you are if you can identify Matt Mayers on site, and you're talking yeah. to, about Jan yeah. Gervis Salarte to strangers, and you, you have a, a, a Jairo Munoz jersey, yeah. like, you need to check yourself a little <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, unless there's a contest for like the most super fan in the world, <laughs> like, I, I mean, listen, I'm not gonna begrudge the guy for like his like nerddom, like his fandom, like, I it's fine, but like, I I think that like he, I don't know, and and I'll say this too, like. This is not the kind of guy who we would feel bad about making fun of. Like he seemed to to have all of his uh, his uh, faculties ab- yes. about him. Yeah. Like 
Like he he just seemed like an uber nerd, and that's fine. I can relate to the, those people. That's fine. But like, I also think that you there's a responsibility as a human living in a society to 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 have social uh, etiquette. Yeah, and like that's that's where he uh, is um, is deserving of of this lambasting that we're giving him. I yeah, think. and and I think that uh, it's okay. Like if you're scoring a game, um, and you know it's it's okay if people want to talk to you, or like if you know if, if you happen to make a comment or two to somebody, as long as you're not being too uh, in your face about it, like he was. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I think a better way that this whole situation uh, to approach it would uh, an example of it would be when that guy walked past us, the, that, that old man at the uh, Indians uh, White Sox game, and he saw our hats. Yeah. And he just told us both a quick story about you know yeah. listening to the Seattle Pilots Sox game, and then actually having been at the two Expo stadiums. And you know we just said you know we talked about how awesome it was that he'd been there, yada yada. Yeah. And then we all moved on. Yeah, exactly. Um, and yeah. that that I think is a better way to approach something like that if you want to just go there and talk baseball. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're people like us, we're all there because we love baseball. Yeah. But there's there's um, a certain boundary that you're crossing um, that this guy crossed. Yeah. I mean, yeah, and that's where the social cues come yes. back into yeah. play because like if we had been like uh, you know, pinging and ponging with him like like from my side of things like if I was him and like the the frosty re- reception he was getting from us and from you, like I you have to be able to pick up on that cue and be like, all right, man, well I'll catch you, you know I'll catch you later, you know enjoy the yep. rest of the game and yep. get up and just move somewhere else. Yeah. Like so maybe this guy, so this is where, you know this is a sad angle of it. Like I guess if he's on this road trip, maybe he's by himself, maybe he's looking for to make a friend or whatever, and like that's that's great, but like you know you you can't force it to happen and no. like. And if you're picking up on someone who's not like vibing your 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 thing, then it's like it's probably time to move on. Yeah, 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 yeah. for sure. Like, yeah, you can make friends at a game, like, yeah. but like, y- you probably know it when you see it. And yes. this couldn't have been this couldn't have been what a baseball no. friendship looked like. No, no, no. <laughs> because to be honest, Jeremy, I didn't trust that this guy wasn't like uh, a Robert De Niro type of like. Yeah. character. You I mean, seem, I, you know, you seem legitimately shook by this guy. Yeah, yeah, uh, just from my behavior after the game. Yeah, uh, yeah. But so that's, uh, you know, that Jeremy and I always say not to justify talk, you know, people by talking about them on the podcast, and you know, we've certainly talked about this guy more than he probably deserves. Well, yeah. This but, guy, I mean, this guy, this guy at least was giving back something to us. Yes, he gave us back material. The 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 d bag who like ran into the parking cone was just trying to get <laughs> some cheap laughs, and he was he was contributing nothing. Anyway, um, yeah. So all right. So yeah, we did mention that uh, it wasn't much of a game. Yeah, we got uh, a couple couple more notes from the game. Yeah, yeah. So apparently, uh, Matt Davidson is uh, a real heartthrob at Guaranteed Rate. Field. Yeah, the first people we sat down behind, which like it's you know I kind of. That's one thing that I'm listening for is like what people are saying behind us, and like since we got moved, you know, it was kind of like we never got to like really get to catch like a running dialogue between anybody, mm-hmm. like like eavesdrop on anybody. But I heard like I think it was like a mom and her daughter or something, and like one of them said like, "Have you seen Matt Davidson? No. Uh, oh, he's hot." And then like he came up, and then they didn't really remark on it because his, his scoreboard picture looks kind of. Uh, goofy, but like I don't know, he has like I feel like he has like bleached blonde hair or something. Yeah, like, yeah. He's kind of got like a AJ Przinsky throwback look a little bit. <laughs> like, um, <clears throat> but uh, you know that was nice to hear that uh, you know he was getting some uh, reception from the ladies, I suppose. Yeah. Um, 
Uh, wow. I, Jack, I just got breaking news. What? Uh, Cardinals fire Mike Matheny. Wow. I wouldn't have said this if we weren't talking about the Cardinals right yeah, now, but I this mean, just popped up on my phone. Cardinals fire Mike Matheny. Wow, holy shit. Yeah, this is, uh, uh, that's, that's crazy, man. I mean, we saw, we saw the cards a couple days before it happened. You know, I was just telling, I was just telling Jeremy, uh, I, I've been reading a lot of stuff lately about how, like, Matheny's kind of lost the clubhouse. Apparently he, uh, employed Bud Norris as a sort of, uh, you know, um, uh, you know, police officer within the clubhouse. Uh, Bud Norris basically, from what they say, was uh, harassing Jordan Hicks all year. Uh, Matheny was all for it. He was like, <laughs> well, you know, Bud Norris is just doing what he thinks is best. That's ridiculous. And, yes. uh, you know, he I guess he also employed Bud Norris to, like, sort of be a tattletale on the other pitchers. Um, so, like, he would tell Mike Matheny about infractions and then, uh, you know, or maybe just them not doing their work like they're supposed to. I don't know. And then Matheny would find them. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, I don't know if any of that's true. I don't. I, was, this is secondhand stuff. Was this posed as um, uh, like some sort of expose article? Well, yeah, it was in. I guess it was in the Athletic. And um, how soon? How recently was it? It was. This was within the last week or week or two. Week or two. Okay, so it would, it this wouldn't have been like the the thing that got him fired or something. Like, no, but or like a final straw, maybe. No, but it, interestingly <clears throat> enough, and I was going to bring this up on the podcast, is that uh, I was talking to Paul uh, about the the Cardinals before the uh, interloper showed up, and I, I said to Paul. So if the right. Cardinals don't make the playoffs, and then he finished my sentence for me, Matheny is going to get fired. He said Matheny's gone. Yeah. Um, I, I think this is – so this is really interesting. I think that the wow. Cardinals are probably uh, maybe, what, two games over five hundred at this point? I don't know what they've Possibly. done the last couple of days. Yeah. But this seems like uh, – wow, <laughs> it's a shock. That's really shocking because they didn't even let him finish out the first half. No. Matheny is out as a Cardinals manager. The team announced in a press release today, coaches John Mary and Bill Bueller have also been let go. Mayberry? And ben- uh, no, uh, oh, maybe, 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 yeah. Okay, John. Uh, yeah, it's a typo here because it mm-hmm. just came through. Sure. Um, and bench coach Mike Schilt will uh-huh. serve as interim manager for the time being. So, welcome to the Mike Schilt era of yeah. the Cardinals baseball. I yeah, guess, uh, I guess uh, um, uh, Maddox <clears throat> is still the uh, pitching coach, right? Which um, yeah. you know, I wonder if he's still doing his funny walk. Yeah, he was doing like some <laughs> type of rooster. Like, so he he got um, uh, he, he was just like past uh, first base. He's, they're um, coming back in from the bullpen session to start the game. Him, Luke Weaver, and uh, Yachty. Yeah, and he did some like sort of like rooster, like uh, namby pamby type of walk yeah. by the foul line. Yeah, at first it seemed like. Like, um, we thought he was, like, limping like a dude from Shocker. Yeah. <laughs> if you ever saw Wes Craven's Shocker, uh, uh, Horace Pinker, I think his name is. Mm-hmm. Uh, the character has, like, a wicked limp that when he jumps into the body of everyone else, they get, they take on that same limp. And so, like, there's this scene of this little girl, like, like, a, like a six-year-old little girl is doing this limp. Anyway, <clears throat> it kind of looked like that for a second. And then he started, like, he did the thing where he put his arm, yeah, it was like a, like a mamby-pamby, like, sort of, like, he put his hands, like, on his hips behind his back and did, like, that, like, shoulder wiggle and his head wiggle. Yeah. And, and, and like, he was doing it to someone, it, presumably in the White Sox dugout. Yeah, well, it looked like, was <clears throat> that where when they were they exchanging lineup cards with the umpires, or were all the umpires, because Matheny, uh, Maddox wasn't up there, but I think, were they exchanging lineup Cor- cards? Yeah, that was happening simultaneously. Yeah, yes. and so then, that I think he was directing it at them, <clears throat> maybe, but then he also did a thing where he mimicked putting headphones on. Yeah, so no, I, he was looking further down. He was looking okay. towards, like, between third and, and uh, home, like, 
like into the White Sox dugout. So I don't know who. And I looked, and there was no one like throwing anything back at him, unless no. maybe he was signaling someone in the stands. I don't know, but yeah, he did the the headphones like the the signal for like let's challenge that play. Yeah, I don't know if he was making reference to something that happened maybe the day before or yeah. something. I don't know, um, but uh, <clears throat> it was very odd. It was, and um, uh, I don't know. There's no excuse really. <laughs> Those Maddox guys are kind of jokers, I guess. They are. Well, speaking um, of, oh, go ahead, Jeremy. Well, I have. Um, so uh, Luke Weaver was the starter uh-huh. um, for uh, the game uh, for the Cardinals, and uh, he wore number seven. Okay, mm-hmm. Jack, I wanted to ask you what your thoughts are about a starting pitch or a pitcher wearing a single-digit number. Uh, you know, I feel like there was one pitcher uh, not too long ago who did it as well. Marcus Stroman wears number six. Yeah, I, think uh, I was thinking C- of Stroman. C.J. Yeah. Edwards also wears number six. I think he, yeah. he has a single-digit number. Okay, think, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, it looks weird. It's it's strange. Um, yeah. uh, you know, I mean, I, I'm somebody who who uh, thinks that like you know the co- college basketball should expand beyond like numbers one through five being eligible to use because you know the the um, the, the referees signal uh, you know uh, with their hands who oh, the foul yeah. is on and okay. stuff and so they okay. can't you know uh, NBA has goes beyond five but like uh, you, you know it's it's I guess it's it's okay I mean you know I wonder why Weaver Weaver does that yeah what do you, he, how do you feel about well because I feel like he came up with a different number maybe okay like I don't know I, there must be some some sort of uh, significance to it mm-hmm. um, I you know and I ask because like you you've, you've expressed some more traditional like thoughts about uniform stuff and like traditionally pitchers uh, wear double digit numbers over twenty or higher. I sure. would say. Yeah. Um, I uh, I'm not a crazy about it. I mm-hmm. think it looks. I just think it looks pretty weird. Yeah. But I do like. I see. I like when guys wear high numbers. Okay. Like I like that. Uh, Abreu wears seventy nine. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Like it's odd. That a lot of the Cuban guys have like numbers. Like Puig wears sixty six. Yeah, that is odd. Well, I, apparently, I think the story behind Abreu is that like his mom told him to like be unique. You know, and oh, so sweet. like pick a unique number. So nobody else is seventy nine. Okay. Uh, so oh, wow. you know, I guess he picked that just because it was like weird. Yeah, I think that's cool. Uh, I, I like that more than the single digit uh, pitcher number. Yeah. But it's also in football, it's weird too. Like when like a in college football, when a safety has like number two or something like sure. that's weird. There was actually like some rules I think like in NFL that uh, at some point I think that maybe they changed it, but like. Certain positions could only wear certain numbers, like uh, offensive linemen. And what they're all all the fifties and sixties. Yeah, they have yeah. to be between like fifty and like seventy, yeah, or so, seventy or something. Or something. Yeah. 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 Um, do they but. wear zero in baseball? Um, some people. Some do. people do. I they think don't... Malik Smith might be zero. Yeah, they don't wear double zero though, do they? No, no, nope. no. Yep, that's which, a basketball thing. Yeah, Robert Parrish, which is yep. like an odd. That's that's really odd. That is an like, odd. Yeah, that's like a fake. Non number. It's like a it's like a sub sub number. Yeah. It's like not even not only is it not zero, but it's, it's double zero. Yep. Anyway, okay, that was a little sidetrack. Sure. Um so uh we had some uh some more music uh uh escapades, I suppose. Um uh whereas last time James Shields walk in music was seven dust. This time Carlos Rodan's walk in music was Allison Chain's Rooster or the Rooster. Yeah, yeah. And um, I didn't look this up because I don't. I didn't. I didn't want to clarity. But my understanding is of that song is that it's about Vietnam, the Vietnam War. I don't know if Carlos Rodon is thinking that much into it. No, um, he's definitely not. He probably he's, thinks it just sounds hard and yeah, cool. I guess, but again, like the rooster is not like a good nickname. I mean, like, no. like does does Carlos Rodon intend to peck the eyes out of of the opponent with his like you know his cutting. Uh, Pitches inside or something, or yeah, like right. curveball or something. Uh-huh. I, I don't know, but um, yeah. So uh, 
I had actually been up. I think I came back. Maybe that's when I was getting food or I did something, and I came back, and I, I had to clarify with Jack if that was his walk-in music. But, yep. yeah, so Carlos Rodan comes into the uh, the uplifting t- uh, tales of uh, Vietnam uh, prisoners of war <laughs> uh, <laughs> via the song The Rooster by Alice in Chains. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, so there you go. Um, a couple funny, like, player behavioral things I saw. Um at some point, uh, Jose Martinez, like, uh, fouled a pitch off and was, like, kind of, um, you know, it was, like, one of those things where he could, like, pick it up or throw it away. And he did a little, like, putt to it. He putted it back to the White Sox uh, uh, bull, uh, dugout. I thought yeah. that was kind of funny. Um, let's see. Uh, Marcelo Zuna had had a kind of an interesting game. Yeah. So he um, he fouled the ball off of his balls, basically. Yeah. He, uh, he hit, like, you know, one of those things where, like, they'll, they'll hit. He hit he hit a foul ball and it bounced up and hit him in the nuts. Yeah, basically. and so he was down on the ground for a little bit and then um, he came his next at bat he also fouled uh, the ball off of him. Yeah, and, uh, he was down. I, we couldn't tell if it was like in the same uh, uh, male region or not, but um, I was envisioning the because uh, the player the the um, uh, trainer came out and like you know it's like one of those things where like they have to ask him if he's okay and like I was envisioning him saying like trust me. My balls are good. My balls are okay. I can keep in this game. You know, something like that. So um, I like to think of um, him like reassuring the trainer about well, his I, testicles. I was worried about him that first time because, uh, I, you know, I'm not yeah. sure if all outfielders always wear cups. Maybe right. that's just an old school thing. But, I mean, infielders probably do. But, you know, as an outfielder, I don't know if you usually wear a cup. Do you? Yeah. I majors? Would, if anyone's not wearing them, I would think it's them. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, yeah, playing Little League, like, you know, like, you, you wore your cup. Uh, they would do a cup check sometimes yeah, they with, would, with yep. a bat. And, uh, you know, I like, the thought my, The thought to me um, was, like, oh, my God, I'd never be dead not wearing a cup. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I assumed that all players wore them. And then I found out that, like, a lot of players don't wear them. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, um, yeah, so, yeah, that was, yeah, that could have been a tough situation for him. I think um, to get back on the uh, the music tip. Yes, um, we had another uh, polka salsa situation going on. Now here's the thing: we once again feel like it was an accident because yeah. when they played the polka salsa music, uh, they showed Jose Abreu's like face was on the scoreboard. Right, which may have like it was a clue to the puzzle. Yes, we, we think that uh, yeah, it's it's kind of inexcusable that it happened multiple times and. And who knows what's happened in the games between when we've gone? But uh, I guess yeah, the the the, the scoreboard guy, uh, the, the the in-house DJ is having some problems with uh, with the with Polka's uh, walk-up music. So I guess he's playing. I guess that's Jose Abreu's salsa music, which would make a little more sense. I guess. Now, Jeremy, how? Uh so, so for your dog count, what, what was it at for this game, your oh, hot dog count? Well, let's see. The previous games, I racked up four. Mm-hmm. Uh, I gotta say, broke a new record. You could call me Joey Chestnut, call me Jeremy Chestnut, because uh, I took down five. Hot damn, dogs those today. must have been tasty. These were damn good hot dogs. Let, let me just—I'll tell you about my hot dog, my my harrowing hot dog experience here. We got some time. Um, I got up to get the hot dogs, and uh, the first time we were sitting right by the section, and like um, when we were walking in, the line was like low, and. Uh, 
um, I was like, I, I should have went there, but I like settled in a little bit, and then I got the hot dogs, and then of course the line was crazy, but the game hadn't started yet, so I actually the game did start, but so I missed, I actually missed the, the White Sox first at bat <laughs> to get hot dogs, but, but I was starving. Anyway, there was a dude in front of me who like got like two hot dogs and had like a twenty dollar bill, and they wouldn't like they didn't have change for him, and like I heard they said like, uh, you could do card, and he's like, I don't, I don't have a credit card, <laughs> and, uh, and and then you know, okay. Rightfully so. He doesn't want to get tracked by the government. That's fine. Um, and then so they're like, uh, and he said so he had to pay with a 20. And they're like, um, well, the guy said he's going to come back with cash at some point. And then they're like, would you mind waiting? And he, he said like, well, I guess I don't really have a choice. <laughs> so I just stood there like a, like a schmo. Yeah. I would have said keep the hot dogs. Yeah. Because like who knows how long that, that schmuck waited for his like $18 change or right, whatever. Right, right. Um, but yeah, so that was pretty, that was pretty pitiful so then like yeah so i got my three hot dogs um i went then the line for mustard was as long as the line for hot dogs mm-hmm. it was crazy so i went to a thing to get uh, mustard and i ate one hot dog while i was waiting in line but they're so good they're like they're they're grilled they're like they got the nice char on them and they're mm. vienna beef hot dogs mm, those are the best yeah yeah they are they are true truly a chicago uh staple um when you get a chicago dog make sure it's vienna um uh so and then uh yeah then i got up later on and that's when our our buddy came along and uh i did go ahead and get uh, i was gonna get one more but i'm like what sense does it make to get one hot dog for a dollar i'll just get two so i got two nice so yeah so i was um i think i still ate when i got home too (laughs) but um that was my first I think that was my first meal of the day. So, okay. But, uh, yes, anyway. But, I, yeah, you, you know, who can argue with a $1 hot dog? I don't know. Well, maybe maybe Carlos Rodon was uh, getting a little hungry as well. So he had a great game. We were talking about yeah. uh, it was the Carlos Rodon game. He was basically untouchable through uh, seven innings. Yeah. Um, so he went, I think it was seven and two-thirds. Yeah, uh, so he goes seven innings. He has a great game. Uh-huh. Um, you got a chance to take – and he's just he's, – he's, he's coming off the DL. He's had some starts, but, like – um, but still, you know, you're still kind of easing him back into normal gameplay. So you have a chance to take him out after seven innings, feeling pretty good about himself. Yeah, oh yeah. Right. But instead, and he was at a hundred. He was at like ninety-five pitches or something. Yep. But instead, Ricky trots him back out there for the eighth, and he gets himself in a jam, and uh, he ended up like um, coming out. Uh, with he came out after, I think after one. Yeah, well he came out. Yeah, so he came out after he, he went seven and a third, but he yeah. he left the bases loaded. He had the bases loaded. Yeah, a single fielder's choice and e four, so that wasn't necessarily his fault. And then a walk. No. And he comes out, and the guy's like he's chewing his mitt. He yeah. He's like so frustrated that he was like literally biting. He was eating his mitt on the way to the to the bo- to the dugout. Yeah. And it's like this is what you did, Ricky. Like. You, yep. you had to put him out there for another inning. Turns out that, like, yeah, they shut him down. Minaya and Soria came in, the executioner. <laughs> and uh, they, 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 got, they saved him. They got him out of the jam two yeah. Ks in a row to get out of the inning. Yeah. Um, but it's like... And that was a big relief job, too, because that, the game was 3 nothing at that point when Rodon left. So yeah, exactly. So the tying run was on first base. Yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, I, you know, I don't know. Like... Bullpen management is—it's kind of a thankless job. You could second guess guys all you want. Uh, Joe Madden, for for sure, is—you right. uh, know—he's kind of in my doghouse right now because of that. But uh, um, I don't know. You're you're paid to make those decisions. Yes. You gotta get it right. Yep. You know. Yeah. Um, and that actually brings me to uh, Soria. I had sort of forgotten about Soria, but just mm-hmm. to go back to the. Uh, Informed interloper. Yep. Uh, when Soria came in, um, the informed interloper went, 
So he was trying to tell us what the Sox should do oh, at the right. trade deadline, course, and he went. So you take Soria and you flip him. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's I like, like, yeah, you you put him, you you get him out there, you put him out there. He has a good year. You show him off to everyone, and then you flip him at the deadline. Yeah, thank you, Ken Rosenthal, for yeah. that bre- for that breaking news exactly, story. Exactly. Yeah. So that's what these teams are doing for the last hundred years. Yeah. However long the trade de- the trading has been allowed in baseball. Yeah. Every freaking year this happens, and this guy's telling us that that's what you do. Thank you very much. Yeah. Um, yeah, so he was quite informed, I suppose. Um, we had a couple, not so much vendor drama this time, but we had some vendor moments, okay? Mm-hmm. Actually, there was really just one moment. The other moment is that uh, there was a vendor that looked just like Jason Hayward. Like, oh, really? Like a chubby or Jason Hayward. That's funny. And I thought it was kind of uncanny, but I think you were distracted at the time, so I didn't I didn't nudge you. Right. It wasn't necessarily a nudgeable effa- uh, issue. But um, there was a moment, <laughs> there was a lit moment later on in the game where they were showing that, that, that BS... Uh, audience noise meter that yes. is, that is like that people cheer for that yeah. they think they're making it go up but it's just a pre-programmed graphic right right um, and and the fans were cheering trying to make noise is and, it pre-programmed yes That's yes that is not yeah it's not it is not like there's no like thing correlated with like <laughs> decibel levels and like the the graphic yeah like the graphic is what it is uh-huh. um um so. Uh, that thing was going off and people were getting louder and there was a beer vendor way down in front of us like in the lower rows and uh, he's kind of like the only one standing up and like he as the, 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 the audience is the crowd is swelling in sound he takes his hat off and takes like a bow and he's like he's like thank you thank you like to the crowd playing and he was like Playing it off as if they were cheering for yeah. him. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it was pretty funny. Like I, I think he was like an older guy, and I feel like this is how he like amuses himself or something right. as a vendor. Or whatever. Yeah. So this was like actually like one of the more lighthearted vendors. Right. Like he's not complaining about like uh, being stuck in a section or like getting stuck with like a shitty beer or something. Right. So that was kind of funny. I thought he was kind of funny. Uh-huh. Um. But yeah, so v- vendor moments. Um, we did have a, a, a little scoreboard entertainment too. Not our typical. Yeah, uh, they didn't do the uh, did, the yeah. flick home run game. At least that we did that we caught. Yeah, we might have been distracted. So we did not see any teens uh, on their phones on the scoreboard. We saw them all over the stadium right. and on the ride home, and uh, <laughs> you know at every other point throughout the day. But it was yeah. not on the White Sox scoreboard. <laughs> As entertainment, no. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, you know. So who knows? Maybe somebody from the Sox is listening to this podcast uh, after all. Yeah. But we did see. Uh, uh, so they were they were showing shots of the crowd yeah. at one point, and uh, you know somebody uh, they showed some dude, and he started flashing gang signs. It was uh, yeah, and if I'm I know pretty my sure, king, yeah, go ahead. It might have been the Kings. It might have okay. been no, I'm not sure. The Crips, maybe. I, you know, I don't, I don't know. I actually potential future guest. Uh, Ben uh, might might know he knows his gang lingo, lingo a little bit, so oh. maybe he could he could inform that. But uh, yeah, there's just a guy. They were just up there, and he was just flashing some gang signs, yeah. and it, it it lingered on there for quite a while. You would think that immediately after he began doing that, they would say, "Oh, yeah, we should stop showing this guy." Yeah, but no, cut they it, they showed it. him for another five to seven seconds, yeah. just flashing his gang signs. Yeah, luckily the White Sox don't have that uh, bullpen car because there there might have been a drive by shooting <laughs> um, in a bullpen car. Like just hijacked, you know, by by the by the the folks or something, you know. Um, so anyway, uh, yeah, good old fun at the ballpark. Um, and there, and of course, what would what White Sox game would be complete without a uh, a completely uncouth uh, comment from uh, somebody? That, that's right. Yeah. Um, yeah. We you know we we highlight these moments of like base like just in general like. Uh, 
you know, we try to highlight. Uh, we love baseball. Like I think, like we try to be as evolved people as possible, and we we try to bring you the story as it is. Um, but you know, baseball is a very male centric uh, like like uh, sport, and uh, it's you know it's included. The fans are included in that, and so <laughs> I feel like we highlight a lot of these like these uh, sexist, chauvinistic. Uh, uh, moments that happen in baseball, for better or for worse, uh, they they exist, and we hear them, and we report back to you. Um, there was a there was a call where the umpire like made a made a bad call on a ball or a strike or whatever, and one of the the uh, people in the stands yelled, uh, "Hey, ump, get off your knees! You're blowing a good game." So and you, and you heard that one? I before? had never heard that you one. Had never, I heard that one years and years ago at a okay. Marquette game. It was ah, just said, really? get, "Get off your knees, ref! You're blowing the game." And people <laughs> people laughed at it then, like it was high wit. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so yeah, maybe sure. maybe it was new at that point. But yeah. I had I had heard that one before. Yeah, well, there you go. But you know, know, it is a you know a baseball game like that basketball game anywhere any sports game. You know, it is a family environment, so maybe you don't want to be yelling yelling Probably that not. stuff. Probably no, not. No, no, no. Um, yeah. So uh, so there was that. Um, uh, let's see. Uh, in that ninth inning, okay, so the ninth inning, uh, the Cardinals, again, made a little bit of a, a flourish. Um, uh, they were trying to, like, you know, come back. They had um, uh, one out. They got one quick out, and then uh, Molina got a single. And then uh, they got a strikeout. So there's yeah. two outs. Then they had a walk. So the tying run was uh, at at the plate. Actually, it was uh, I think it was four oh, no, nothing, it was at, four that, nothing at, at that point. The Sox scored in the eighth, so right. it was four nothing. The tying run was on deck. Yeah, tying run was on deck. But like you would never, I, I've never seen fans as tense as since like maybe Game Seven of the Cubs Indians World Series or something. Yeah, um, there was a lot of there was there was a lot of tension amongst the fans. I could feel it. Um, that might have been actually when the guy yelled that. Like it was in that night. It might have been. Yeah. But like yeah, like you would think with a. a, a a game where the the tying run is on deck, not even at the plate, um, with two outs, you you would think you'd be a little more relaxed. But uh, I could sense the White Sox fans tensing up a little bit. And yeah, all's well that ended well. Uh, they ended up pulling it out. Uh, they shut out the uh, Cardinals for nothing. It shows you that truly uh, no lead it is safe in the eyes of the Sox fans. No, I guess. no, and that's probably true as well. Yeah, yeah, rightfully so, I suppose. Um, so the last little thing that I had here was. Um, uh, we uh, two two points actually. One is um, uh, when we were uh, in the the bathroom afterwards. Uh, I, I I me and uh, and uh, our friend Paul uh, took a pit stop in the bathroom, and uh, there uh, there was like an old uh, Cardinals fan in the bathroom, and uh, he looked like. I would have guessed he was Red Shane Deanst, uh if it, if if Red Shane Deans hadn't passed away a couple weeks ago. But mm-hmm. uh, uh, he he spotted Paul, and I heard uh, he went up to him. He's like, "Hey, Cardinal fan!" And uh, they started talking about ca- the Cardinals and whatever, and it was fine. And he had his group, and Paul had his group with us and everything. And they took the uh, um, conversation out of the bathroom, and we're talking Cardinals ball and stuff. And Paul knows his stuff, and he's talking about the young guys and everything. And they were kind of like just doing a quick update about the team and everything and uh you know it was winding away like we were we were were going in one direction they were going the other things were wrapping up and uh there was one guy like a younger guy uh kind of looked like maybe like a bit of a hothead um and he was like getting involved in the conversation just talking about the cardinals or whatever and then he goes yeah and uh you know fowler's so lazy and (laughs) i feel like that was the cue to get out of there yeah because we knew we all knew what was coming after that just check uh, dexter fowler's instagram comments and you can imagine or you could check the uh twitter account uh baseball's best fans uh about the cardinals um 
So it was time to yeah. get out of there at uh-huh. that point. It was a long day, and uh, the the game was only two hours and forty six minutes, I believe, but it seemed like a long day. Yeah. And so it was time to get out of there. Uh huh. And uh, yeah, one of the one of the more lighthearted. Did you hear? Did you see the mustard man? No, I did not. Um, producer Molly uh, posted this on uh, my own personal Facebook page, um, but. Uh, there was a guy that they showed on TV with this big glob of mustard on his cheek. This, <laughs> this old guy. And he had it on for like a long time. And he was like having conversations and just sitting there watching the game. And he had yeah. this, this like cartoonishly big glob of mustard on his <laughs> cheek. And uh, it got like picked up by all these different like the news stations and like I think uh, MLB Network, uh, MLB Twitter account uh, posted about him and everything. Yeah. And then they found out that he was like a uh, grocery store. His kids called him on TV and told him like, "Hey, you got mustard on your face." Oh wow! And uh, it turns out he's like a grocery store owner on the South Side oh, or whatever. But okay. uh, he's an old man. <laughs> I feel a little bad for him, but he, yeah. he he had a pretty good sense of humor about it. But oh, that's good. Yeah, we missed Mustard Man. I don't know. Yeah, that's okay. That's disappointing. I'll have to I'll have to Google that. Yeah, yeah, he's out there. So, um, but yeah, that's um, that's the that that was the game. Yeah, yeah quite, yeah. quite uh, an experience. Um, you know, uh, I I don't know what the exact line from Back to the Future is, but there's a sign where or there's a part where after the uh, Lorraine's dad hits uh, Marty McFly and he carries him in the house and he says like Martha, another one of those kids jumped in front of the car. I kind of felt like. It's another another one of those freaks came and sat by us, yep, or came yep. and, like interrupted us at the game. You know, like uh-huh. they just come out of the woodwork, and like we're grateful for it as yes. uh, as podcasters. I yeah, think. actually, that's um, one of the reasons we're doing the podcast, just so we can have some record of all the crazy stuff that <laughs> happens to us. Yeah, if only we you know still had it going uh, back uh, last you know in previous seasons because we've seen we've seen our fair share of things at White Sox games. We have. Well, the, the sur- surely there'll be more to come. Hopefully next week when we attend the uh, underarm. Uh, high school Under Armour game uh, yeah. at Wrigley Field. Yeah, the Under Armour All-American game, I believe yep. it's called. Um, so, yeah, uh, that's uh, next uh, Friday, uh, July 18th, I believe, yeah. um, is the date. Uh, it's next Friday, whatever date that is, at Wrigley Field. Tickets are free, actually, so if people want to get them, you can pick them up at like the Cubs store by Wrigley Field. Do you think uh, it's sold out at this point? Or? Well, I, I don't know how many they're giving away. I, okay. I could see maybe they're only giving away the lower deck and not yeah. the upper deck, but right. I guess theoretically they could give away 40000 tickets yeah yeah and i don't and there's not there's going to be like a couple thousand people there i think right i wonder if they'll sell beer yeah that's a good question i i'm sure they will Uh um but uh yeah so it's a free game Uh, i got mine from my local card shop um but uh it should be a fun game i've been wanting to go to this i this is this is one of the games i talked about with jack about going to and uh, i kind of forgotten about it and tickets just kind of fell in my lap so we're going to be doing that we're going to be re Recounting um, what we see there, and maybe you know, prospecting out some uh, some young uh, players. Yeah. Uh, right off the bat, I was I was taking a quick uh, look at the roster, and uh, there's a kid uh, that's going to be on the uh, on the team, uh, Spencer Jones, uh, out of California. Um, he's committed to Vanderbilt, it, it looks like, and he's um, he's six foot seven, two ten, and he's a pitcher and a first baseman. Um, and I watched some video on him, and uh, he's just he's like a long string bean, like. He's a pretty interesting looking guy, and so like you know that that's something that's someone who I would be interested yeah, in checking interested, out. Yeah, uh, interested. Yeah, see if they'll move him from off the mound if he's a good hitter. Yeah, or yeah, one of these guys. Or, he, yeah, yeah, he's yeah he he you know he looked like Sale and like he mm-hmm. looked like Richie Sexton at first base or something. Right, right. Um, so it, it should be interesting. There should be a lot of stuff uh, there. 
Um, you know, thanks for everyone who listened to uh, our last episode with Mark. Uh, yeah, there was a quick follow-up you wanted to do, right? Jerry? Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of like baseball songs, um, you know, to, to be talked about. There are a couple of things that I wish that I would have I forgot to mention in the last one. Number one, Jack, in one of those in the Jolton Joe DiMaggio song, one of these lines. Uh, He's just a human. He's not a freak. Yeah. Jolton Joe DiMaggio. I thought that's a pretty good line. I, I like that. I like that they they added freak in there. Yeah, yeah. I also like that they refer to a baseball as a horsehide sphere. Oh, yeah. That's a pretty. That's a, I've never heard a baseball referred to as that before. <laughs> that's pretty awesome. Yeah. Well, you know, it just evokes like visions of the baseball freaks from uh, Beloit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. Yes. And yes. also, it could probably make for a. It would make for a better White Sox chant than White Sox baseball. You know, something like he's he's a human, not a freak. You know? <laughs> something like that. That would be nice. Uh, but and then you know, I was just remiss to 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 forget um, talking softball from the Simpsons yeah. episode. Like I, I had meant to bring it up, but we ended up talking about um, uh, I forgot what that last song we talked about. Oh, I love L.A. Right. Um, but uh, you know, that was a tough one that to leave off is talking softball. I would have put it on there if we had three picks. Yes. Um, I think it's better than talking baseball. Yeah, the well, the, the, the same guy sings it, though, right? Um, um, if I'm not yeah, mistaken. I they got yeah, the same guy. And they yeah. got the same guy. And, uh, yeah, because they mentioned, like, Homer and stuff, but they also mentioned some of the major leaguers. That, who is it? Mr. Burns, like, recruits a bunch of ringers to yeah, play yeah, on yeah. his team. Like, I think Wade Boggs is in that episode. And yeah. uh, Griffey, maybe, is Griff- in it as well. Ken Griffey's, Ken Griffey's grotesquely swollen jaw. Oh, yeah. Steve Sachs and his running with the law. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Um, Mike Sosha's tragic illness made a smile. Oh, like yeah. Like when he gets like that radiation poisoning. Yeah, 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 yeah. And Wade Boggs laid unconscious on the barroom tile. We're talking softball. It's a great. It's it's better than talking baseball. Yeah, yeah. Talking baseball is weird. It's about like I feel it's like it's about like youth and rebellion and like. He, Tells his dad to screw off or something. Yeah, like, yeah. It's it's you know, like in the theme of uh, Field of Dreams a little bit, but uh-huh. uh, yeah, I, uh, yeah. So talking softball, it's a great. It's so great. It's such a great song. But nice. Yeah. So anyway, long marathon episode. We're we're two sweaty messes here. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know we've we've dragged the uh, uh, informed interloper over the coals a little bit, and uh, uh-huh. you know. It's time to wrap it up for this week. But uh, we'll be coming back to you very soon uh, with that Under Armour game. So uh, definitely, they'll be showing it on uh, MLB Network, I believe. So uh, check it out. But if you want to grab some tickets and attend the game with us, you know, hit, hit up those Cubs and get those free tickets. Um, it should be a fun one to just prospect some uh, young uh, potential draftees next year. Yeah, come and say hi. We promise we won't uh, drag you uh uh, you know, we pump, we won't put you through the ringer. Yeah, like you you should probably take some sort of like a social awareness test online or something <laughs> before and submit uh-huh. your results to us, and then you're free to come and join us. Yeah, yeah. All right. So, uh, I'm Jeremy Dionisio. I'm Jack Swakowski. and we'll see you next time on Rain Delay Theater. Bye.